mean, that's really where it starts. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, I'm joined by Anne Curry. Now, this episode is going to be like none other because Anne has been awarded the top 1% of real estate brokers in Pierce County, Washington. But it doesn't stop there. It just is a starting point because she has an expertise in real estate investing, selling, developing, and remodeling over the last 25 years. Believe it or not, she started her professional career making $5 an hour as a preschool teacher and has since got to over 300 units, 12 apartment buildings. She has done over 50 single family home remodels in one transaction, as well as purchasing 164 units across 44 parcels in one transaction. She currently owns over 300 rental units and properties and now has done over the lifetime of 25 years excess of 500 flips and wholesale deals. Now, if that wasn't enough of an introduction, I mean, I don't know where this episode is going to take us because this is going to be one of a kind. And how are you? I I need to take a breath there from the bio to actually <laughs> say hello to catch my breath. Oh, gosh. But Peter, I have to remind you that that's over 25 years. So it's not like I did that in the last year and a half. But thank you so much for having me. Um, just really honored to be on your show and really appreciate the intro. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, listen, 25 years, you've, you've done a, a lot. First of all, most people don't do a quarter of that in 25 years. So it's really no, no, no surprise, one, you're on the show, two, the things that you're doing. Because when we started talking about pre-show a little bit, I had a, had a feeling this one's going to be fast-paced episode from that perspective. Because, I mean, the topics that we're covering are going to be second to none. We're going to be talking about in topic number one, how to utilize your real estate license to become an investor, which I'm doing as well. In topic two, we're going to talk about how to become an agent that assists real estate investors, aka becoming an asset on their team. And in number three, we're going to be talking about on how to scale in real estate as a new agent quickly or simply through a different strategies that you have implemented. But you said 25 years. So it took, tw- how do you go from a, what was it, a, a, a preschool teacher? Yeah, I was a preschool teacher. So I'll give you a little bit of background because the background yes. is super Take important to, to the story. Work. Yeah, background's good to the story. So um, grew up in a family of helping profesh- people in the helping profession. Um, my mom was a nurse, but almost everybody else in my family were teachers or social workers. My dad was a social worker. So it was this beautiful family and they are making this great impact into people's lives. But if there was any kind of, um, I would say, uh, sadness in our family. It was all around money because it just felt like there was never enough money to go around. So I remember like the car breaking down and it was this major thing because we didn't have enough money to pay for the car repair. So that was my early kind of thought. I was so proud of what my family was doing out there for the world. 
But the money piece just felt like that was always a stressor. So when I met my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, and he told me he wanted to go into social work, I was like, okay, well, I know that sounds familiar to me. I was going in, I was going to school to be a teacher. Fast forward, we're married. So I married a social worker. I'm a teacher. I'm making $5 an hour. And then after school, I go clean houses for $5 an hour. And so we have these very humble beginnings, um, really starting with nothing. But my husband and I, just really early on in our 20s, thought, how do we marry a life of meaning? So creating a difference in people's lives, but also like solve the wealth piece. Because I know we neither one of us wanted to kind of repeat. He, he came from, from a family also that always felt like there was never enough. But we wanted more for when we thought of our own family. I do remember the day we were married, maybe about a month. And my husband turned to me and said, you know, babe, because we were talking about houses and where are we going to live? We were in this tiny little, you know, 400 square foot apartment at the time, just this tiny little, you know, pillbox. And I remember he turned to me one day and he said, you know, honey, I, mean, I love you. You love me. We have this you know, great relationship. But there's one thing that I think we both need to realize, and that is that we may never own a home. And I remember in my 20s, it's kind of being like, yeah, okay, I get it. But inside, there is something inside of me that's like, okay, maybe I can find a way. I call myself least likely to succeed in real estate. That's how I would have, that's how I think of myself back then. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll unpack that a little bit. Um, but you're right, Peter. We I went from making $5 an hour as a teacher to owning over 300 units. And it's just been an amazing ride with a lot of serendipity in there. Um, and I'll unpack that a little bit too. But um, so we in social work, I'm a teacher. We so happen to have met the most amazing mentors. I had three mentors over the course of the last 25 years that made such a huge difference in our life in regards to real estate. The very first one happened to be my husband's boss who was in his seventies at the time. And he was also in social work, but it was just right. It was very soon after my husband said, maybe we'll never own a home. We met him and he happened to own rental properties. And this is back in the 1980s, no internet, no podcast like yours, Peter, where people can learn, no HGTV, no cell phones. So all you had back in the day to learn was either through people or the public library where you could maybe find a book on something having to do with real estate. So that's all we had. So least likely to succeed in real estate. I'm broke. Um, in the 1980s, it wasn't popular. And I know this may sound crazy to all of us now in you know the year 2023. There weren't a lot of women in the real estate investing space. Um, I remember specifically telling people when I decided to um, quit teaching that I was going to start, you know, working on some rentals and going in on the construction side of the business. And I had no less than 10 people say to my face, you're never going to make it. You're a woman. Women don't belong in that space. And what that did to me was it made me want to do it even more. So 
but yeah, no internet, no resources, not any money. So that was kind of how I started. But I did get to know people. So this first mentor was my husband's boss who owned rentals. And I remember one day my husband had said something to him about, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever own a home. And he literally stopped. We were in the car with him and he pulled over, stopped the car. And he said, uh, this is how you can do it. First of all, you need to borrow the down payment from someone. So you may not have the money, but maybe somebody in your family does because there's a loan program and you can get gift funds. And if you buy that first house, what I want you to do is buy something that needs some work, fix it up over time. You guys are young. You can paint. You can, you know, you can replace carpet. You can do it inexpensively, but fix up that house and wait for that house to become worth more. And then what I want you to do is I want you to refinance it, pull the money out, but keep that house as a rental. So what he was really describing was the house hack. It didn't have a name back then. This is in the 1980s, but that was the house hack method. He described that. So what we did was we bought a little house for $64,000. We borrowed the money from my dean's aunt And so we borrowed $6,000 from her, bought this little house. It took us eight years. So now we're two people, two two people with two kids in a 950 square foot house. But we lived there for eight years. We fixed it up over time. That house doubled in value. We refinanced. We took some cash out. We put a tenant in it. We uh, created a rental out of that. And then we house hacked and went and bought another one. That's how I got started in real estate. It was very serendipitous in that we had the desire, but we didn't have the know-how until we met our first mentor. Um, My second mentor was... uh, I met him about 10 years after we bought our first house. Now I've got this real estate kind of in my spirit. And I feel like, oh man, if I did that once... I could do it again. So met him and met actually a woman at a women's group. And I just turned to her and I just said what I say to a lot of people. Hi, I'm Anne. What's your name? She told me her name. I said, oh, tell me about you. What does your husband do? And she said, oh, my husband, full-time job is to manage our rentals. I said, oh, how many rentals do you have? She said, 50 rentals. And I was like, what? And remember, we didn't know a lot of people that did this and there wasn't the internet and people talking about it. So a person owning 50 rentals, now that became my first goal. And I thought, I if he can do it, then I can do it. So I said, I simply said, would you introduce me to him? And she said, great. So I met him and I just said, hey, um, I'm I could be a great student. Would you teach me everything you have? Um, what, what can I learn from you and how did you do that? And so for seven years, I became a really good student. I honest, I on, you know, offered to cut hedges, clean toilets, do whatever he wanted me to do just for the learning opportunity. That became an amazing mentorship over seven years and then was able to give back to him too. I found a deal. We split a lot together and, and that became just this beautiful thing. But at that time, when I only had two homes, one rental in the house that we lived in, I made a goal at that moment. And I wanted to own 50 single family rentals. And I don't know how, you know, a lot of goal making is, you know, you create the goal, but you don't know how you're going to do it. You just create the goal. And we've learned that later in the mindset space that, you know, don't ask yourself how, just create the goal 
And then, you know, it'll, it'll show up over time. And that absolutely happened to me. Fast forward 15 years later, I had the opportunity to buy 50 single family homes in one transaction. I that's that's know. mental. Those are numbers. Yeah. Those numbers are crazy. And so, you know, it's just kind of, it's fun how, you know, that shows up. Um, I, I became an agent after I got into the rental space. So I'm, I kind of came in the back door, Peter. So I know you asked, well, how do you become an agent to help you with your investing? I started investing and then got my license later because I felt like, well, I'm, I'm paying this agent to find me rental properties and I'm paying them. You know, we started kind of flipping um, some because, you know, back to collecting and starting with nothing. We bought our second rental, which was a house hack. And we, you know, pulled the money, fixed it up, pulled the money out, bought another one. But eventually we still ran out of cash because even though you try to do the Burr method, if you're familiar with Burr, buy, remodel, rent, you know, refinance and repeat, that's the Burr method. Um, you still sometimes run out of cash because even though you want to try to get as much money as you can out of the refinance, the cash out refi, sometimes you have to leave a little bit in. So um, did a few, uh, you know, buy and holds uh, with the Burr method, but then eventually ran out of cash. So then we'd have to sell one. And now this is like the early 90s when flipping, you know, nobody, that wasn't even a word back then. I just simply had to sell some because I had to, you know, I remodeled them instead of refinancing and holding them, I needed the cash out. So then I would sell them. And so that became kind of, that started our flipping business on the investing side. Um, but I was watching my agent find me stuff, list it, take the commission. And I was eventually I thought, well, I probably should just get my license so that I can buy and sell my own stuff, you know. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. Well, it, it, it starts adding up, right? Like if we're talking about 10K on the way in and 10K on the way out, yeah. that's 20K of extra profit that you've just given up because you didn't have your license. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's the difference between making or breaking a deal sometimes too. Let's say you're way over budget or you have to open up walls or you found something and now you got 10K of electrical rewires to be done. Boom. Yeah. Okay, well, you can take that hit, even though you, you're not taking it happily, but you can take that hit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it just it, it was just another way to um, gain some income because everything that I was making, I was putting right back into building this rental portfolio. So even though we were building uh, what I would say we were building wealth, we were still, you know, just living on my husband's income. So we were really trying to delay gratification in that we're just going to stay lean, but everything that we make, we're going to put right back. So to me, getting my license and making the commission was just, like you said, just more money that we could put back into investing. So um, at the time I made the 50 single family home, owning 50 single family homes goal. I also made a goal. I wanted a certain amount of, I think it was 20, it was $20,000 a month in passive income I want to make $20,000 a month in active income for my real estate license. I wanted to run a marathon and I wanted to put my kids through college with cash. 
And I wanted to move into the multifamily space and I wanted to own a a 20 unit property. That was like my huge goal. So this was all done when I had, you know, I owned two, I think two rental properties at the time was 20 years ago. Um, And so I made all those goals. And so when, once we had established a small, like little rental portfolio, I thought now's the time when I want to try to move into the multifamily space. And that's when I met mentor number three. And I happened to be at a fundraising event um, dinner and I sat at a table with eight people. It was my husband and myself and six other people sat down and I do what I, what I do a lot, which is, you know, just introduce myself. Hi, I'm Anne. What's your name? And what do you do? And he said, well, hi, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'm a multifamily developer. And I know my eyes got big and we, to the, to the fault of me and him and ignoring everybody for the two hours during that dinner, we just chatted together, just me and him all about multifamily development and how you buy multifamily. And, um, and so that just became this really fun relationship. And I just said to him, I want, you know, my goal is to buy a 20 unit. Would you help me? And he said, come to my office tomorrow I'll tell you how to do it. And I'll introduce you to the best commercial agent that we have here in Tacoma. Um, and, and so be it. I showed up at his office the next day and I just said, would you help me, um, you know, learn how to do this. And that commercial agent brought me a 60 unit property, had no idea how I was going to do it. Cause I didn't have the money. Um, but the property was, you know, just a great buy. And I took it to uh, a friend of my husband and I's and I just said, this is a great deal. I don't have the money, but if you partner with me, we can do it 50-50. So that's a little bit of the progression. And now we've moved into um, some other large purchases like that 168 units that we bought last year um, and uh, ground up construction for multifamily. We've done ground up construction for single family my license as an agent, I know we're talking about a lot of agents here, has been a wonderful way to pay the bills. The investing... Don't, don't tell us yet because that's going to be <laughs> topic number three. And, and okay. I have so much to unpack. Sure. So let me kind of take it, I guess, from one step at a time. Yeah. Because you've already hinted at using your license. So stay yeah. for topic number three, ladies and gentlemen. But... We're really talking about topic number one, how to utilize your license to become an investor. This is the unspoken thing that we as agents are not taking advantage of. First of all, we're running around all day long telling people to buy, 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 buy. Yeah. And how many of you guys listening don't own shit, right? It is, it is crazy for me to think that nine out of 10 agents are still renting, but they're advising people to buy. So how do we go about utilizing our licenses to become investors? Because that's exactly where you are heading in that comment. Yeah, it's to me now having done it, I would say it's a, just make it your must. And what is that? I mean, we always accomplish our musts. We ignore our shoulds like, oh, yeah, someday I should do that. But if it becomes a must to you, because our license can we can make a great living as real estate agents. I mean, there's commissions can be a beautiful thing. Can can I highlight that? We can make a great living with our commissions, but we can't build long term generational wealth and legacy through commissions. Yeah, that's right. And so I always put it I always put it in two different buckets, Peter. 
So for a long time, my husband and I decided, made a commitment that we would only live off of his income and everything that I made, because my commissions at the time, I was really trying to focus on buying property and burying property and house hacking. And so my commissions were just kind of sporadic. So we just decided, hey, let's continue to live lean, live on Dean's income. And everything that I make is just going to go right back into building wealth because you can you can pay all your bills with your commissions. Hopefully you, you guys are. I know there's lean times and there's, you know, there's expansive times. Um, but for the most part, if you're a full-time person and you're living off of your commissions, that's doing nothing to build your generational wealth. You can be doing both at the same time. And it's almost better to think about it in two completely different buckets. Right over here, I'm, you know, I'm paying my bills. But over here, I'm going to do this extracurricular activity, even if investing becomes your side hustle, where you're like, maybe I'll, you know, even if I could spend 10 hours a week, just, you know, starting to, you know, just, just educate yourself. I mean, that's really where it starts because you can listen to Peter's podcast. You can listen to other great podcasts. There is no lack of information out there like there was when I started. It's everywhere and it's all free. So just start listening to all these great podcasts on investing and what is the burr and what is house hack and all of that stuff, just so it starts to kind of get in your spirit and you get more comfortable talking about it and listening to it. Then you can start to imagine yourself actually doing it and then connect with a great, a great mentor. There are so many people out there that, that really respond to the question would you help me? I mean, it's great to say, you know, hey, what do you do? And oh, that's so awesome. And you're so awesome. And that's so neat. And tell me about that. All of that's great. And people that are experienced, I mean, that's nice. But how I respond to somebody that says to me, and would you help me is completely different. Because I just am I human. I just want to, of course, I'll help you. Yes. Yes, I will help you. And you feel very connected to somebody that says, will you help me? Just like, and I didn't know I was doing something like that at the time when I met my three more mentors. And I said in, you know, these very, I was very humble. I was, I felt very, um, very much like I didn't know what I was doing. It was just came from a very humble place of like, would you help me? <laughs> and they just responded well to that. So there are people, if you're a real estate agent, you have your license, you know them already. You may never have had the conversation, but they're already in your world and they will help you. And if I was going to talk to my younger self, my 20-year-old self, I would say, and if you do nothing else, buy, make a goal of buying 10 rentals in the next 10 to 15 years, and then just don't sell them. It's the same exact that, you know, advice that I'm giving my daughter who's 28 and just got her real estate license as a side hustle because she's in the PR world full time. And I said, Lauren, just make a goal, honey. If you don't want to do rentals full time like I do, and you want to take a different path, then make a goal of just buying or you know holding five to 10 rentals over the next 20 years. And you're going to have a beautiful retirement. For those of you that are listening, and maybe you don't have 20 years, maybe you're already in your 50s or 60s and you're thinking, I, I need something quicker. Time is going to go by anyways. 
if you're 50 years old, it's not too late because history shows that real estate will double. Now, don't quote me on that because that's not a promise. But over history, it shows that real estate basically will double every 10 years. So imagine you bought a little $500,000 house today, 10, 15 years from now, it's going to be worth a million. What could you do with that extra equity? Could you cash it out when you turn 70 and now you have a nice little you know, nest egg to either use or pass down to your kids? So my, if I now I had sold eventually all the stuff that I bought in the 1980s um, and most of what I bought in the 1990s, just because I was scaling up and I had to kind of recoup some cash. Um, but if I if that's all I did and I stopped, I would have a nice little nest egg right now to which I could decide, do I want to keep working or do I not want to keep working? And at the end of the day, I think that's really what retirement is. It's the choice of whether you want to keep going or not. Yeah, I, I think the key thing that you said here is being very intentional, right? Like, yes, I, I think of real estate in buckets. And the way I think of us being as far as the agent itself, the agent is the cash cow. It's the cash machine. Mm-hmm. It's the cash that you can get today, tomorrow, 30 days from now. Close that deal, move on to the next one. That's what funds your bills. And then that investor bucket is the bucket of patience. The bucket that you made a 10K commission. Can you live off 50% of that? Take the other 50, distribute it for taxes, marketing expenses, and then take 10, 20%, put it in your investor bucket. Get that cash. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below.